Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the marshlands of central Florida, it's the Riley and Kimmy Show. A heavy, ominous stillness falls over the swamp. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Saturday cartoon kind of alternative episode. Podcast number 1,511. If you're listening today, it's uploaded. It's February 3rd. Right next to me is my living, breathing cartoon. Jimmy, I got one name. Jimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. You know what you are. You're bumbling, stupid, incompetent, and useless. And those are your good points. Okay, well, somebody who's not like that at all, she has really good points. That is Kimmy. The only thing is, she is a little... And I think on this episode, she'll do something new. I, I'm putting her on the spot here. Are you going to do something new on this episode, Kimmy? Hmm, I don't know. All right, it's Kimmy's favorite day of the week. just happens to be her favorite day i hope it's yours too and by the way thank you for making us part of your day maybe your entire weekend if not your entire week the riley and kimmy show has a brand new episode seven days uh, that's right all all week long uh, brand new ones no day off for us we're not like uh, some of those uh, late night talk shows they're only on five days a week we're on seven and we're on seven days, uh, 24-7, mm-hmm. anytime. We're open all the time. The doors are always open. We're ready for business. And you can listen to The Riley and Kimmy Show anywhere on planet Earth. Easy to do through iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud. There's some of the platforms that are available on our website. Also, we have archived episodes all the way back to that very first one. Right on our website, celebrity interviews and pop culture information. That's what The Riley and Kimmy Show is all about. We are not about comic books that's one of the things we occasionally talk about we are about pop culture nostalgia retro this is a wide i mean a huge field so many things we we heavily focus on yesteryear nostalgia retro memories right kimmy Mm -hmm. and we hopefully create new and pleasant memories for you we are pop culture escapism that's what the riley and kimmy show is all about If you like what you hear, please tell your friends. Help the show grow. Have them like us on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find all those social media links, including the platforms to easily take us for that commute to work, to school, to wherever, like iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and iTunes, all available on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hi, 
Culture Escapism, The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is a big question on this cartoon alternative kind of day. Does my living, breathing cartoon want to challenge her cartoon kind of brain? Uh, I'm being, being mean there. She has a great brain. I wouldn't be with her if she didn't. Do you want to play pop culture trivia, Kimmy? What say you? Yay, okay. I need to stress the pop culture timeline is out of order. Well, no, it's out of whack. That's what it is. It's, it's wacky. It's goofy. It's kind of like a cartoon kind of thing going on today. That timeline is not linear or in chronological order. It's all over the place. Feel free to help out, Kimmy. I'm, I'm not kidding here. She believes in time travel answers. So you who are in our future and she who is in your past... You two can communicate. She actually believes this. So hold up that tablet and talk to it. Uh, talk to the smartphone. Whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. She says this works. I think she's crazy. But who knows? You know how those cartoons are. They can do all kinds of wonderful, weird, and wacky things. Here we go with the very first question. Kimmy, it's music-based, so that should be a, a plus for you, right? Mm-hmm. The year is 1960. The record label Reprise Records is formed by this recording star and actor, but known for recording before acting in the world of stardom. Tell me who created and owned Reprise Records. Life is dull. It's nothing but one big lull. Then presto, you do a skull and find that you're reeling. She sighs and you're feeling like the toy on a string. And your heart goes ring-a-ding-ding, ring-a-ding-ding, ring-a-ding-ding. Can you tell me who it is? Frank Sinatra. That's right. The year's 1961 in New York. This person made his first recording. He recorded this song, Tell Me Who It Is. Kimmy, who is that? Nineteen sixty-one. Bob Dylan. Now, I keep in mind, nineteen sixty-one. That recording is from. I don't notice any difference in sound. After that motorcycle accident. That prior to it? Yeah. You know, oh, okay, yeah. You, it sounds the same. You always hear people go, well, you know, after the motorcycle accident, he sounded a lot different. I, uh, Do you hear? Uh, no, that sounds like him. Yeah, you, yeah. Kimmy's an audiophile here. Now, there are some exceptions to some of his recordings and styles he did, like Lay, Lady, Lay, mm-hmm. which is totally different, really, than anything else that became popular, to my knowledge, yeah. by Bob Dylan. 1961, San Francisco Bay Blues was recorded. Moving to 1967, this song is recorded. Kimmy, tell me who the recording artist is. Jimi Hendrix. Correct. The year is 1973. This song enters the top 40 and peaks at number six 
Tell me, who recorded this song? It's the thrill that I get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Want to see my picture on the cover? Stone. Want to buy five copies for my mother? Stone. Want to see my smiling face on the cover of the Rolling Stone? And can you tell me, who had that as a hit? Dr. Hook. That is... That's amazing. You actually knew that one. I bet you don't have that on vinyl. No, I don't. I had a relative who came back from California, actually overseas before that, spent years overseas, and a couple of years in California before heading back to the Midwest, out to the farmland, and I was stuck with him in the house, and he played that over and over and over mm-hmm. and over. Matter of fact, even had it on a track. That was a real treat to ride in a car and hear that over and over. Yeah, I met, the, I met that person in my other world. Oh, you met uh, a member of Dr. Hook? Mm-hmm. That's correct. I forgot yeah. about that. And how did that experience go? Okay. Was he nice to you? Mm-hmm. All right. The year's 1979. This song peaks at number two on the pop singles charts, which might be surprising. You might actually, once you hear the song, you'll say, hey, it can't be. It should have been number one. Or it had to be number one. Maybe not should have been. Because any 80s or retro, not 80s, retro dance radio show always plays this thing or used to play this thing. Like it and the Dexie Midnight Runner, you know them. You remember them with Come On Eileen? Mm -hmm. These two songs were played like to death. Here it is. Tell me who it is. But first, tell me the name of this song. Here is your clue. Can you tell me the song? YMCA. YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. They have everything fundamental joy. You can hang out with all the boys. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. And who... Stop it. She's doing the letters in the chair thing. Kimmy, can you tell me who had that as a hit? The Village People. That's correct. The year is 1993. This recording artist receives the 1,974 star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Tell me who it is. Go off your sound pretty. Your violins keep moving to the That song's from about a year, well, later. Uh, 1994 is when that song was hot at number 13 on the charts. In 1993, that person gets the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Who is it? Gloria Stefan. Correct. The year is 1996. B.B. King guest stars on this CBS TV show. Tell me the name of the TV show. When you walk down the road Heavy burden, heavy load. I will rise and I will walk with you. I'll walk with you till the sun don't even shine. Walk with you every 
time I tell you I'll walk with you. Believe me, I'll walk with you. Kimmy has a puzzled look to her face. Let's see if she can actually do it. Come on, shout out the answer to her. She needs some help here, I think. Kimmy, 1996, B.B. King guest stars on what TV show? Touched by an Angel? You got it right. I didn't have to use a bonus clue there. Didn't have to say some of the stars or co-stars of it. You did it. Did you ever watch that show? Uh Uh-uh. The year is 2002. This recording artist performs the national anthem at the Super Bowl, Kimmy. And a soft drink commercial featuring her premieres during the game. Senator Bob Dole is part of the commercial. Can you tell me who it is, who performs the Super Bowl, and whose commercial plays, who who the recording artist is? Here's your clue. It is the commercial, not the national anthem. Can you tell me who that is? Britney Spears. That's correct. Now, I don't know why there was controversy on that uh, that soft drink commercial, but anything you read at the time, they're like, and a very controversial commercial they played during the Super Bowl. I've watched the commercial, and I don't see, maybe it's because I'm looking at it from 2018 eyes and not 2002 eyes. I hmm. I don't I don't think Bob Dole's the reason of controversy in it. I, hmm. I just can't quite figure that one out. And what's kind of interesting, too, if you... It's almost impossible. I can't find a decent recording of her doing the national anthem oh, from the Super Bowl. Really? There's not a. I was de- curious. Yes, same here. Uh, I mean, what I it's just not arable. There's not a. De- I mean, you, anybody else you can just about find, but hers, I I, I can't find a, a decent one. Huh. Celebrity and notable birthdays, that means famous people born on this date. Kimmy, you tell me why this person's on that famous list. Born 1874, Gertrude Stein. Can you tell me why she is famous? Oh, sounds like an author. Sounds like. Boy, I guess Igloo High never covered Gertrude Stein, did they? Gertrude Stein, American novelist, poet, and playwright. Born on this date, 1874, died 1946 at the age of 72. Next individual, tell me why he is on the famous list. Give me Norman Rockwell. He was a painter, artist. Uh, We'll accept that. Born 1894, painter and illustrator. Died 1978 at the age of 84. Very prolific, producing more than 4,000 original works in his lifetime. Most famous for illustrating a certain uh, magazine, Kimmy, for over five decades. Can you tell me what it was? Saturday Evening Post. Woo, you are on a roll. And I would have actually also accepted an obscure one to most people. That is Boy's Life, because he had a 64-year relationship with the Boy Scouts of America. That's what I actually know him for, because he did Boy's Life calendars and other illustrations for the Boy Scouts. That is Norman Rockwell, born on this date. Next individual, tell me why he is on the famous list. Born 1904. The nation and the world came to know him under the name of Pretty Boy Floyd. He was a boxer? 
Pretty Boy Floyd. You want to stick with that? Mm-hmm. You sure? You're confident. You think you're right. Uh-huh. Sports. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Sports, right? Yeah. Boxer. Wrong. Bank robber. Oh. He operated in the Midwest and West-South Central states. Really big in the 1930s, was killed by the FBI in 1934 at the age of 30. Martin Sheen played Pretty Boy Floyd in the 1974 TV movie The Story of Pretty Boy Floyd. And Pretty Boy Floyd was portrayed by Channing Tatum in the 2009 film Public Enemies, starring Christian Bale, who kills him, and Johnny Depp. You remember that movie? Mm, vaguely. Okay. There are some errors in that film. I'm not going to nitpick them here. By the way, Pretty Boy Floyd, they had dying before the character Johnny Depp played, but actually he played Dillinger. Johnny Depp did, but Dillinger actually died first. Mm. But for some reason in the movie, they wanted to kill him off first. So that's that's one of those little bitty things. That, there's some other nitpicking things in that film. I guess Kimmy never did a movie review of that one, did you? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Next individual, Kimmy, born 1918. An American entertainer, comedian who appeared on television as early as 1948, had his own TV show under his name, which I'm pretty certain you've never seen. It was a situation comedy, co-starring Abby Dalton. Then he did a talk show up against Carson from 1967 to 1969. That was on ABC. He also appeared on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson prior to... His attempt against him between 67 and 69. And Carson obviously had no bad feelings towards him because he took him back and he would appear on the show afterwards. Appeared on tons of game shows, Kimmy, like, oh, what's my line for a number of years? Hollywood Squares and others. See if you can identify his voice here. It's quite unique. Tell me who was born 1918. I'm very happy to be here in Los Angeles. I'll tell you that. You people know how to live. You, you can't beat your freeways. I'll tell you that. Boy, it's wonderful. The underpasses, the overpasses, the cloverleaf intersections. I don't care where you live in Los Angeles. You hop in your car, get on any freeway, and in 15 minutes, you're lost. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just came from uh, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and I'm very, very excited. I had a very good fortune of having worked there with some wonderful guys. uh, And I was thrilled because my name was up there with them. Uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, and way on the bottom was my name. Only tall dogs knew I was working there. <laughs> but when we finished, the big thrill was that Jack Entrada, who books the shows at the Sands, he gave us all gifts. And uh, we never expected anything like that. Uh, Frank Sinatra had got a beautiful wristwatch, and uh, Peter Lawford got a sweater. I got a set of golf clubs. Sammy Davis Jr. got a camera. And uh, Dean Martin got a cigarette lighter and emptied it in one gulp. It was just uh, he became part of the Rat Pack. Can you tell me who he is, Kimmy? Oh, no. You can't, I can't. do it. You can't do it. Joey Bishop is who it is. Born on this date, 1918, and he had the Joey Bishop show, which aired in the early 60s. I think Antenna TV, if I remember correctly, has ran it from time to time, that Joey Bishop show. Hmm. And he was born, as I said, on this date, 1918, died 2007 at the age of 89. Next person, actress. Born on this date, 1932, it's Peggy Ann Garner. She was a child actress. Garner had her first film role in 1938. She won the Academy Juvenile Award for her work in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn in 1945. Passed away at the age of 52 in 1984. Next person born on this date, Kimmy, 1938. 
tell me who it is. He played a villain in Batman. You had a party, Pooper Cleo! Now you see, we've had our first spat. All right, fellows, gather up yon bird boy and bring the tut truck round to the front entrance. We go now to the Royal Oil Boiling Room, a perfect place to make our nuptial arrangements. Your father, dear Cleopatra, lies a moldering in the grave in Rama, great city of the Sahara. When we get to the Royal Oil Boiling Room, be sure to prepare some real boiling royal boiling oil to boil the boy wondering royally. Oh, I, I just love his delivery. Can you tell me who that is? Victor Bueno. And what villain did he play on Batman? King Tut. That's correct. It's also in the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane in 1962. He was a lot younger than what he appeared. He passed away in 1982 at the age of 43. Yes, that means he was in his 20s when he played King Tut. Mm. Next individual, Kimmy. Former National Football League quarterback. Television personality. He played football professionally for 18 seasons and was commentator on Monday Night Football and co-host of That's Incredible. We have a little bit of his audio here from That's Incredible, and then we have a brief sample of him voicing a commercial. Tell me who is having a birthday today. This is Eldrick Tiger Woods, and Eldrick is an accomplished golfer. He wins tournaments on a regular basis and has shot close to par on 18-hole courses. Incredibly, Tiger here is only five years old. I don't know what it is about my face, but every Sunday, 11 guys like this go after it. Sometimes they don't miss. So I'm not about to take any rough treatment from a shaver. I got a new Remington Mark III with a comfort head. It has smaller slots, so it gets more of your beard and less of your skin. It has replaceable blades. When they get dull, you change them. With a face like this, you can't be too careful. Remington. We made the close shave comfortable. John Davidson was uh, the one male on That's Incredible, and he was the other. Who is he? Fran Tarkenton? Kimmy got it right. Yay! That's right. How old is Fran today within five years? Uh, 70? He is 78 today. Tell me what band this person has been part of since its beginning, Kimmy. Dave Davies. He's with his brother Ray. The Kinks. Come dancing. All our five friends used to come and call. Why not come dancing? It's only natural. That's right, the Kinks. He is 71 today. Dave Davies in 2003 was ranked 91st on the Rolling Stone magazine's list of 100 greatest guitarists of all time. Next person, an actress, Kimmy. She achieved prominence during the late 1970s and early 1980s. She began her career on the CBS daytime soap opera Search for Tomorrow. She played Jennifer Pace on that from 1973 to 1977. And then in 1978, she went to primetime. She appeared on Dallas as the first actress to portray Jenna Wade. And then went off on a show on NBC called Flamingo Road in 1980s. Done tons of commercials. Let's see if you... And, by the way, made-for-TV movies. We have her... Audio isolated here from one of those made-for-TV movies. See if you can tell me who it is. Here's your clue. So what do you think? Sorry you missed the ball game? No one's ever said that to me before. 
Why don't you go on downstairs to your party? I can make a phone call. Hi, Donna. Yeah, it's Carol. Oh, I'm over at the St. Gregory. I think I'm just going to hang out here for a while downstairs and see if I can catch some jazz in the Charleston room or something. Can you tell me who that is? No. Morgan Fairchild having a birthday today. You remember her? Uh-huh. Morgan Fairchild is how old within five years? Uh, 68. You got it exactly right. Next person celebrating his 62nd birthday, known for his roles in The Birdcage and The Producers, and his voice work in The Lion King, Kimmy. Here he talks about how he got, well, got the role in The Lion King. Okay, let's go back, if you will. 1992, I was rehearsing uh, a revival of Guys and Dolls. And on a rehearsal break, I went to read for this film. It was then called King of the Jungle. Uh, coming out of the audition room was Ernie Sabella, who was also in Guys and Dolls. And I was going in, and I'm reading. Uh, it's a scene with three hyenas. So I asked them, would it be all right if I read with Ernie? So I didn't just have to provide three different voices and talk to myself. I thought it would be a, a lot more fun. And, and uh, so Ernie and I went in and um, uh, improvised a bit and also you know, did the, the, the scene. And uh, about three or four months later, they said, um, we don't want you for the hyenas, but we're developing these two characters. One is a meerkat, one is a warthog. And eventually, uh, uh, by the time we got involved and started recording, um, it had a new, uh, two new directors, co-directors, and, a, um, and it was called uh, The Lion King. Kimmy, can you tell me who played the meerkat in The Lion King? Who is that? I cannot. That's Nathan Lane celebrating his 62nd birthday today. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people who passed away on this date in history. 1924, this person dies at his home in Washington at the age of 67. Kimmy, tell me why he is on the famous list. It's Woodrow Wilson. He was a uh, president. That's correct. President of the United States from 1913 to 1921. He was the 28th president. 1959, three recording artists die in a plane crash in Iowa, Kimmy. This is one of them. Tell me who passed away in 1959 at the age of 22. Who is it? Buddy Holly. Correct. Can you name one of the others who passed away with him that date? I cannot. The Big Bopper died at the age of 28. And Richie Valens passed away at the age of 17. And their pilot, Roger Peterson, died in that plane crash in Iowa. Kimmy, 1970s, a song was about that day that the music died. Can you tell me the name of the song? American Pie. Something touched me deep inside the day. The music died. And who had that as a hit? Don McLean. That's correct, Kimmy. The year is 2006. This American actor dies at the age of 82. He played on this TV show, Identify the Show. The Munsters. Yes, he played on The Munsters. He was Grandpa. He also hosted a horror show for TBS. Can you tell me who it is? Hi, y'all, kitty. <laughs> Grandpa! <laughs> Welcome to Super Scary Saturday 
on the super station. We are gonna have fun. Now don't be scared. But, you know, Grandpa, he's gonna be there to protect you. Just come along, kitty. Well, here we are on our super station movie, Marshall with you. Getting a little chilly in here. <laughs> now, we're gonna check the super station movie, Marshall Amigo. Hugo, what are you doing here? <laughs> I thought you'd be at the stadium. Today is back day. <laughs> And who is that, Kimmy? Al Lewis. That's right, Al Lewis played Grandpa on the Munsters. He was on a TV show before the Munsters with Fred Gwynn, who would play Herman on the Munsters, but he wasn't playing a monster on this other TV show from 1961 to 1963. What was the show that Al Lewis played on? He played Officer Leo Schnauzer. Car 54, where are you? There's a holdup in the Bronx. Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. There's a scout who showed a child. Cruise ships do it out a wild. Car 54, where are you? That's right. Al Lewis passed away on this day, 2006. If you want to see something kind of trippy, see the, uh, you, you can find this, I think, probably on YouTube is the interview with Pat Sajak. He appeared as a guest on the Pat Sajak Show, and which was a number of years ago. You remember that, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. He tried to do a nighttime talk show. Al Lewis was a guest, and they have a surprise for him. First of all, he's just nuts on the show, and, and Pat Sajak can barely control him. He's actually taking over the show, and he's, he's fun. He, I, I wish I could have met him. They, they have a surprise for him. They bring out a box. They wheel it out. Two stagehands wheel out this big box. He goes out to the box, and they open it, and it's Butch Patrick in the box with a Wolf Wolf doll. Hmm. And Butch Patrick sits with him on the set and gives some stories about the monsters and stuff, and it's really cool. You get to see a younger Butch Patrick, meaning, well, he's older than when he played Eddie, but he's he's younger. He's probably in his early 20s, would be my guess. And it's a really cool thing to see. And the, the interaction between the two, you can actually tell Al Lewis really loved him. And they they were really, truly friends. And it's it's priceless. That's on the Pat Sajak Show. Matter of fact, I'll put that link to that video on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. It's really cool. If you love Butch or you, you love Al or the Monsters, you'll want to check that out if you've never seen that before. The year is 2012. This American actor dies at the age of 81. He's known for a TV show that aired from 1965 to 1968, Kimmy. Listen carefully. His voice is part of the opening here. Just briefly, see if you can identify the TV show he's known for. Well, I have no family. Haven't taken a day off since law school. Guess I'll try to squeeze 30 years of living into one or two. The creator of Breaking Bad, he may not admit it, but actually borrowed a little bit from that because the character was told he was going to be dying. He just had a short period of time, and 
he decides to live. He de- he goes out and does adventures opposed to growing things and cooking things in a Winnebago. Can you tell me the name of the TV show, Kimmy? I have no idea. It's called Run for Your Life, and you probably have no idea who the star was, Mm-mm. correct? That's Ben Gazzara. Passed away on the state at the age of 81 in 2012. If you want to see something fantastic he was in film-wise, I highly recommend Anatomy of a Murder from 1959. He's in this film with Jimmy Stewart, Lee Remick, who uh, she's different than anything you've probably ever seen before her in, and she stands out. Eve Arden and George C. Scott, all of them are fantastic. Matter of fact, this movie, it's a law drama is used by and has been since shortly after it came out by, you know, classrooms studying law uh, because it's one of the most accurate films about law, a courtroom setting that's ever been done. And it's not boring. Like, you know, it's not like that at all. You you won't fall asleep. It's fantastic performances. Highly recommend that. Anatomy of a Murder, Ben Gazzara, who passed away on this day, 2012. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job on this Saturday pop culture trivia. Thank you. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. Radio Radio, And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. We talked about actress Peggy Ann Garner being born on this date, 1932. We have two examples of her golden age of radio work. The first one's called That Powell Girl from 1946. Uninterrupted, going right into A Tree in Brooklyn, which she won the Academy Award for her work in. She won the award in 1945. This is a a radio production, completely independent of the film. It's not the audio from the film. She... Reprises her role, we have it, uninterrupted, and it's safe for all ages to hear. Here's our tribute to Peggy Ann Garner, kicking it off with That Powell Girl from 1946 on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Tonight we present Peggy Ann Garner as Maud Powell on the DuPont Cavalcade of America. To American children, summer means vacation, play, no school. It means that today, and it meant the same in 1876, which is when our story opens. It's a warm July afternoon. All the children in Aurora, Illinois, are at play. All that is, except one little girl. Maud, Maud, darling, haven't you practiced enough? You've been in there all afternoon. Mother, my hands just won't do what I tell them. Well, let it go for now, dear, and don't worry about it. Mother, my hands aren't made for the piano. Maud, darling, when I was your age, I didn't play a note. But I want to, Mother. Oh, it'll come. Don't try to rush it. Why, you already play better than any other little girl in town. And I play better than any other boy, too. Yes, dear. Now, how about a glass of milk? Mother. What, dear? The concert last night. Yes? I never heard a violin play alone like that. It was very nice, wasn't it? I've been thinking about it. My hands are too little for the piano, but they wouldn't be for a violin. Oh, I know I could play one. Now, Maud, one thing at a time. The piano first... Mother, please, please get me a violin. Maud, 
When I was your age, I had dreams of becoming all sorts of things. An actress, and then for a while I wanted to be a lady fireman and wear red bloomers. But never a violin. Oh. Little girls don't play the violin. You just learn a little singing and a little sewing and forget about the violin. Don't you think I could learn to play one? It's a very difficult instrument. Mother, sit here, please. What for? I want to show you something. Now, you sit at the piano, and I'll turn my back so I can't see the keys. Ready? I don't know what for, but I guess I'm ready. Play a note. Any old note. Just play it. E flat. Hit another. Why, that's right. Of course it's right. Hit another. G sharp. And it's a little out of tune. C A F. Perfect pitch. You have perfect pitch, Maud Paul. Mm-hmm. Miss Ingersoll told me on Monday. She said violinists have to have perfect pitch. Oh, now can I learn to play the violin? Maud, what good would it do? Where would you ever get to play a violin? Everywhere. Because I'm going to be a great musician like Mr. Soray and play in concerts. Just me alone with my violin. Dear, Mr. Soray is a man. You're a girl. Girls don't become professional musicians. In Europe, they do. Now, that's enough, Maud. You're not in Europe. You're a girl in Aurora, Illinois, and you're not... Oh, go- those two things have ruined my whole life. That's what they've done. I hate being a girl, and, and I hate being an American. William. Hmm? Minnie, what are you doing out here on the lawn? Waiting for you. Is there something wrong? It's Maud. Minnie, she's... Oh, no, no, she's not sick. I... Come over here for a minute, Bill. Hmm? You can hear it from under her window. Hear it? Hear what? What is all this? Listen. Oh, what's happening to her? Why is she making that noise? Has she got asthma? It's a violin. A toy violin. Toy? Oh, why didn't you stop her? It's after midnight. Oh, you don't understand. Well, evidently not. She wants to learn the violin. She probably bought that toy. She's been in her room since 8 o'clock, doing that over and over and well. over. Well... Bill, she looks so bad and misses her meal. Well, we'll put a stop to that. Come on, Minnie. No, no, no. I could have done that. But I waited until you got home, Bill. Why? It's past her bedtime. Bill, taking that violin away from her won't help. We've got to let her take violin lessons on a good instrument. If we don't, well, well, this will go on and on. I guess you're right, my dear. Well, what do we do about it? I'm going to Chicago tomorrow, Bill, and find some violin teacher who will take Maud as a student. Oh. Who's down there? Oh, it's us, Maud, Mother and Dad. Oh, you've been listening? Yes, uh, we've been listening, Maud. I guess I'm not very good yet, am I? Well, I've heard better, but uh, uh, tell him, Minnie. Maybe she'll go to bed and get some sleep. All right. Maud, dear, we're, we're going to find a violin teacher in Chicago oh. for you. Oh. Here, here, don't jump out the window, Maud. Oh, do you really mean... Yes, darling. Then I can show everyone. I'll show them how I can play. And Daddy, Daddy, if I get real good, would you let me change my name to Paleski? Oh, 
That is fine. Fine, little Fräulein, fine. Thank you, Mr. Heinemann. Uh, Mrs. Powell, if Mr. Lewis called me here today, I expected, well, uh, so-so, something or other. But this little girl... You liked her, then? When Heinemann, the critic, says yes, he likes it. I knew it. Her technique is nearly perfect. And I have perfect pitch, Mr. Heinemann. Perfect pitch? Ah, that is nothing. Nothing? Many people have it, but many people do not have what you... Mr. Lewis. Yes? Uh, how long did she work on this Bach Preludio? About a month. It's a graduation exercise. And next week, she's to play the Mendelssohn Concerto at a concert with the Orchestra Society in her hometown. It's her first public performance. Only a month. You ought to be congratulated, Mr. Lewis. I wish I deserved the compliment, Mr. Heinemann. But, well, she's a natural musician. Yeah, you saw it too. Yes, I've seen it. After only one year, there's nothing more she can learn from me. I see. Fräulein Powell. Yes, sir? Give me your hand. Elsewhere. Little Fräulein, I am going to say something to you that I... I would hesitate to say to almost anyone, but you are a genius. Oh, Lord. I... I'd hoped you'd say that, Mr. Heinemann. No. She will go on with her studies, yes? Oh, yes. Mr. Lewis, we can go on, can't we? Maud, not with me. I can't teach you anymore. Mrs. Powell, I couldn't take your money. In the years she's been with me, she's... Well, she's outstripped the teacher. Mm, you're a very honest man. Well, it's true. I am a teacher of polite music to schoolgirls, not a master of young geniuses. Well, she feels more music than I could ever learn. Mr. Lewis, is it... Well, is it because I'm a, a girl? <laughs> oh, no, dear, it certainly isn't. It's because I don't know enough. I don't think there's anyone in America equipped to teach you. Well, if Mr. Lewis won't teach me any longer and... Well, he's the best in Chicago. But... Yeah, if you are European, Fräulein. And a boy, you could be sent to the Hochschule in Leipzig, Germany. If I, if I were a boy? Well, can't she go anywhere? I mean... They uh, take only boys. Oh, Maud, baby, I'm so sorry. You mean I, I can't go on with my lessons? Maud, you can go on playing for yourself, for your mother and father. Well, it isn't as though you have to put the violin aside forever. Ah, it is criminal to waste the talent like this. Once in a million lifetimes it comes. And then it has to come to me, a girl. A girl in a rural Illinois. Instead of some boy in Berlin or Paris or Rome. Well, I wish it had. That's what I wish. I wish it had gone to some old boy. Maud, baby. It's all right, Mother. It's not your fault. Mr. Heinemann, I'd like to thank you for coming up here and for listening to us. Us? Who is us? Patsy, that's my violin and me. She's a girl, too. You'll be able to keep Patsy, dear. She's yours. Well, no, I want Mr. Lewis to have her after my concert next week. At least she should be able to go on playing. And I'll be a good girl, Mother. I'll learn my singing and my sewing, and after a while I'll get myself a husband. But I won't like him, whoever he is. I won't like him at all. Old things. What things is this you don't like? Men. Old things. Yes, we are old things. It's a man's world, all right. Maud, as your teacher, believe me, we'd any of us give our right arms if things could be different. Mr. Lewis? Yes, Maud? When I said that about men, I didn't mean you or Mr. Heinemann or Daddy. You know that. Yes, Maud. I understand. Well, then can I... Is it all right for me to kiss you goodbye? <laughs> You'd better. Even if I am a genius? Even if you're a genius. Goodbye, Mom. Bless you. Are you ready, Mommy? Yes, dear. I'll send Patsy up to you, Mr. Lewis, after she and I have made our first public appearance together. Our first and our last. 
And so Maud Powell met her first setback when she realized that further study in America was impossible for her and that being a girl had limited her possibilities of studying in Europe. But she gave her first public performance in her hometown of Aurora, Illinois, to an audience that overflowed the seating capacity and one that sat enthralled while she played. orchestra for accompanying me. I hope they didn't feel silly accompanying a girl. <laughs> it was nice of you to listen to me because, well, as you might have heard, it's the last time I'll get to play. It's the last time I'll get to really play the violin. Thank you and goodbye. Good night, Maud Powell. Thank you. Oh, Mother, I'm sorry. Come on, let's go home. All right, yes. dear. Let's give the Powell family a great big hand as they go out. Well, now, folks, uh, before we break up, I've got a couple of words to say. Uh, as mayor of this town, I'm awful proud of that little girl, and I guess you are, too. It seems to me it's a crying shame she can't go on with her study. Now, I sat down yesterday and wrote a letter. Maybe it'll do no good at all, but at least it's a try. It's a letter from the mayor and people of Aurora, Illinois, to His Excellency, the mayor of Leipzig, Germany. And it asks if they maybe couldn't, just this once, make an exception and take a female student in their Hochschule, or whatever they call it, uh, kind of as a bit of international goodwill. Now, what do you think of that idea? <laughs> all right, all right, I'll send the letter. But don't anyone tell the Powell family. Don't want to get their hopes up, because, well, because the reply may be bad. But it's a chance. It's a fighting chance, and worth trying by glory. <laughs> You're listening to Peggy Ann Garner as Maud Powell in That Powell Girl on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by the DuPont Company, maker of better things for better living through chemistry. 
Today, when you pick up a concert program and see a woman as soloist, you take it pretty much for granted. But it took a spunky little girl named Maud Powell, a girl with the same courageous spirit American women have always displayed, to really convince the world that women should be accepted as equals in the concert and music world. Maud made her first, and she thought, her last public appearance as a concert violinist in Aurora, Illinois. But the people of the town determined that Maud should play for the world. A collection realized enough money to send her to the Hochschule in Leipzig. But there, she faced competition where a girl had never before stood. Also, that is the last contestant, but uh, didn't they tell me there was to be an Americanist girl? <laughs> there is, but she must have dressed as a boy. One of those young boys is a girl. It might be number three. Uh, not at all, number four. If we knew their names, we could tell. That is precisely why we give them numbers. Now, gentlemen, let us vote for the best of the lot, for the top winner. Uh, number six, naturally. Yes, yes, six, by all means. Also, will contestant number six step forward, please? So, so you are contestant number six. And it gives me great pleasure, young man, to inform you that you are the winner. What is your name, sir? M. Powell, sir. M. Powell? She? The girl one. Well, what soll wir jetzt tun? Wir haben niemals ein Mädchen gehabt. Denken Sie, sir, wir können sie annehmen? Natürlich, sie hat ein großes Talent. Richtig. Fräulein M. Powell, you have broken a tradition of the Leipzig Hochschule that is almost 300 years old. We now have a girl student. Thank you, sir. I I hope you'll... Yeah? What were you going to say? I was going to say, I, I hope you won't regret taking me in. But you won't. I swear you won't. Wait till you see how hard I'll work. Yes, little girl. You will work very hard. This is not a tea party here. It taxes the strength of boys. As for girls, perhaps you won't be able to stand it. Now then, Fred and Powell. If you can stay awake long enough, you will please define a concerto. Concerto is a musical composition for two or more songs. Maud, darling, I don't think you weigh 70 pounds these days. You can't keep it up, Maud. You'll get sick. Oh, no, I won't, Mother. That's what some of them want. I won't get sick. And, and I'll play at the concert in Berlin next week. You wait and see. And the Damen and Herren, the Berliner is stolz. Ihnen den Starstudenten der Leipziger Hochschule vorzustellen. Fräulein Mark Paul. Mmm, Mother, that coffee smells good. Couldn't I have some Cambridge coffee, please? Eat your breakfast, dear. You may be the toast of Berlin, but you're still not old enough for coffee. All right. Any mail that's interesting? I'm just looking. There's nothing from home. I do wish your papa would write more often and tell me. What is it, Mother? What's the matter? Here's one that says from Buckingham Palace in England. <laughs> Have you any friends at court, dear? <laughs> what is it? Her Majesty the Queen requests the honor. Maudie, a command performance. You're to play before Queen Victoria in Buckingham Palace.
Will you please present the little girl? Yes, Your Majesty. You curtsy very nicely, Miss Powell. Thank you, Your, Your Majesty. Come up here, child. Yes, Your Majesty. Miss Powell, the reports we had of you did not do you justice. You are even more brilliant a musician than we had heard. Well, thank you, Your uh, Your Majesty. Miss Powell, a moment ago I whispered something to your American ambassador. I told him that you, Miss Powell, are like him, an ambassador too. You? You serve notice on the world that America is growing up. Now she sends us not just Red Indians and Wild West shows, but a beautiful, civilized talent. You're very kind, Your Majesty. And on behalf of... Yes? What are you going to say? I forgot. I guess I said it. Thank you. Now, child, the orchestra is going to play our national anthem. Do you know it? Yes, Your Majesty. I believe you have different words in your country. Isn't that true? Yes, Your Majesty. We call it America. Come, stand beside me, my dear. I want you to sing it for us. I... With your words. Well, I couldn't sing it, Your Majesty. Oh, why not? Excuse me, Your Majesty, but, well, I don't like to sing. No? All well-brought-up girls should know how to sing. Yes, sing a little and sew a little. Oh, you're ashamed of being a girl, is that it? Well, no, Your Majesty. I just wish I, I weren't a girl. What's the matter with the girls? Do you think a king could rule England better than I do? Oh, no, Your Majesty. I didn't mean that. Miss Powell, I'm a woman and I rule an empire. You said yourself no man could do it better. Yes, Your Majesty, but, well, you were born to be a queen. And you were born to be an American. They've told me that all women are queens in America. And so you, Miss Powell, you are a symbol of your country's nobility. And spirit, too, if I may say so, my child. I, I've never thought about it that way. Then do, my child. Music, please. <laughs> My country, tears of the sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Sing out, my girl. Sing for your country, which has taught and will teach the world so much. Sing for all of us, who will set the world free. From then on, Maud Powell was known as one of the greatest concert violinists in the world. This great American genius might have been just a village music teacher had it not been for the community spirit of her fellow townsmen who financed her studies. That spirit is typical of America, and a peculiar thing it is that a nation so vast can seem so comfortingly small when you need a good neighbor. That is America, though, a community where we guard the precious welfare of all our citizens.
is a tree in Brooklyn. It grows in boarded-up lots and out of neglected rubbish heaps. It grows out of cellar gratings and out of broken cement. It survives without sun and water and seemingly without earth. It grows in the midst of poverty, for it likes poor people. My name is Francie Nolan. We used to live on the third floor back. Mama, Papa, my brother, Neely, and I. I went to public school 32, but I didn't like it much. I used to like to sit on our fire escape and read, or look down on our tree in the backyard near the garbage can. But most of all, I used to love waiting to hear Papa singing when he came home. There was a game we used to play. I'd always try to get to the door before Papa could finish his singing. I've won, I've won. Well, now, I wouldn't be too sure of that if I was you. But I did. I got to the door and opened it before you finished, and that's the rule. Let's call it a draw, huh? And where is your beautiful mama? Up on the top floor washing the halls, I guess. In that case, you'd better start laying out my clothes. You're always making fun, Papa. You know you haven't any more clothes. No, what's this, then? A tie. And this? A dickie. And this? An apron. Them's clothes, ain't they? And you'd better be getting that apron iron. Oh, Papa, you've got a job for tonight? Do you see the palm of that hand? That's right where I got the world tonight. Where is it, Papa? Clama's big wedding party. Lots of tips. Singing or waiting? Both. Oh, Papa. Maybe tonight will be it. Maybe tonight the impresario will be there. And I hear you singing, he'll put you on the stage. And why not? Ain't I the Brooklyn thrush? Oh, and you'd better be getting that apron iron. Have it in a jiffy, Papa. Coffee's on. You know, you're going to make a mighty nice wife for somebody someday, Primadonna. Oh, Papa, you're crazy. Maybe so. But things are going to be different around here. Now, you wait and see. Yes, Papa. And when our ship comes sailing in... What's the wish you wish the most? It already came true. What is it, baby? Come on, tell me now. Well, I, I wish that when you came home today, you wouldn't be sick. Oh. Who told you to call it sick, baby? Ah, oh, haven't you got a better wish than that? A silk dress or something? No, Papa. I, I just... Just what? I just love you so much, Papa. Oh. You're a nice girl, baby. Come on. We better tell your mama the news about my job. I'm Katie Nolan. All right, so Johnny's got a job for one night. What's that? How can we live on one night of work out of the week? I wish I wasn't so crazy over Johnny sometimes. Him and those dreamy ways I used to think so much. And I won't have the kids taken after him. There I go again. Maybe that's what my sister meant this afternoon. Maybe that's what she meant. Sissy makes a lot of good sense sometimes. Sissy kept saying, it was getting hard. You're getting hard, Kate. You used to be sweet and soft. Soft on Johnny. But you're getting hard. What did she mean? I'm not sure. You're getting hard, Kate. Be careful, you'll spoil everything. Be careful, Kate. I don't know. I'll ask Johnny. He'll be home late after the wedding tonight. 
I'll wait up for him. He'll like that. Maybe things can be the way they used to be. I'll try. I'll try hard. Open the door for your father, Francis. I know, I know. He's all right, Mommy. He isn't sick. Papa! Well, what do you know if it ain't my beauty? How did it go, John? Katie, you waiting up, too. I thought I might as well. Where's Neely? He couldn't stay awake. Hey, what did you do to your hair? That looks nice. Oh, go on. What's in the bag, Johnny? Is it something to eat, I'll bet? French rolls? A whole half a lobster from the shores of far off Maryland? Caviar all the way from Russia? Fried oysters? Cheese from uh, uh, the mountain fastnesses of La Belle France? I'm hungry. Hello, Neely. What do you know about the mountain fastnesses of France? Well... Will you listen to that, kid? I'm starved. What do you think of a mama who forgot where we went on our honeymoon? Did you really go there, mama? Of course not. Papa's joking. Sure we did, or just the same as. We worked nights, cleaning up in a big public school. And there was a map on the wall. And we'd pick out the places with a pointer where we pretend we was that night. And you tell me we wasn't there. I guess we kind of was there. Talk some more, Papa. Tell us about the party. Ah, that can wait. How's this, Katie? Three dollars. That's good wages. Good tips, too. Papa, start. Was the music and did they dance? Was the bride pretty? Sure. She was awful pretty in that white dress and all. She had diamonds on her hands and even in her ears and so that she kind of glittered. Did you sing for him, Papa? I was coming to that. I got three encores on my wild Irish rose and everybody clapped and clapped. So I did Irish eyes are smiling four times. It must have been awful nice. Yeah, it was all right. What else? Tell us more. Oh, I'll tell you the rest tomorrow. And it's late for you kids to be eating stuff like this. Go on back to bed now, kids. It's almost three o'clock. All right. Good night, Mama. Good night, Mimi. Good night, Francie. Good night, Mama. Papa, was there an impresario there? No. Not tonight there wasn't prima donna. <laughs> now you run along to bed. Johnny... What else about the party? Oh, you wouldn't be interested. You used to tell me. Well, like I said, it was nice. The bride all dressed up and her gown sort of swishing when she walked and... Well... Johnny, have I changed a lot? Changed? Why, she couldn't hold a candle to you. She wasn't so hot. No, I mean... I mean... Am I getting Hard? Hard? Now, where in the world did you ever get an idea like that? I don't know. I want to do what's right for the kids. I don't want to get hard. Why, baby, you're prettier than you ever was. Why, tonight I come near telling the whole party, yelling, Hey, you ought to see my bride waiting at home for me. And you was waiting. That was nice, Katie. It was just like it used to be. I should have waited up more, I guess. Oh, it ain't your fault. You work them the way you do. But things are going to be different around here. I'm going to change a lot of things. I'm going to quit the drinking, too. And just to show you, here's my tip money. No, Johnny, the tips are yours. No, sirree. Tonight's the beginning of something new. Oh, you believe me, don't you, Katie? Sure, Johnny. Sure, I believe you. I'll be singing all over Brooklyn and maybe Manhattan, too. Have you heard Johnny Nolan sing, they'll say? Don't miss Johnny Nolan. 
Yes, sir, our luck's turning someday. Oh, stop it, Johnny, stop it. Stop talking. Talking like that only makes it worse. We ain't got a chance. Who are we trying to kid? Yeah. Who are we trying to kid? I didn't go to hurt you, Johnny. But it's the truth. Yeah. And here's some more of the truth. I wasn't so good tonight. It was just because they was all drunk that they gave me the encore. What's the use of talking about it? Oh. I don't know. But as long as we're on the truth, let's keep looking at it. I got a wife and kids, and I don't take care of them. I love them. Sure, I love them a lot. But all I want to do is sing and dream. And I ain't ever going to be able to change it. You're right. Oh, my trying to kill. No use talking about it. Let's get some sleep. Yeah. Only... Maybe I'll go for a little walk. Continue with a radio production of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, starring Peggy Ann Garner and James Dunn. Peggy Ann Garner may be seen in the current 20th Century Fox release, Junior Miss. Now, Act Two of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. on our block to bring Papa home the next morning from the Garrity Saloon. Some of the kids saw Mr. McShane help Papa home. At school, they sort of snickered and made jokes about Papa. And I couldn't stand that. I didn't think I liked that school much anyhow. Oh, I loved school. But not that one. Not anymore. So I got Papa to take me for a walk on Sunday. Kind of a long walk. Here, Papa. Stop here. Huh? Look over there. Yeah, I'm looking, baby. Bend down, Papa. I wish I could go to that school, Papa. Oh, so that's it. Well, now, it would be awful nice, but they got rules, honey. You've got to go to the school where you live. I know. I didn't really think it Oh, could... you want to go there awful bad, don't you? Well, now, let's see. Maybe we could move near here. Oh, Papa, could we really? Well, uh, uh, make-believe, that is. 
How do you mean? Well, for instance, uh, suppose we lived in, say, that little white house over there. Pretend, that is. Then you'd have to transfer to this school, huh? Oh, Papa, could we really do that? And every day you'd out of, eat out of real china dishes with cherries painted on them. And when you drink your coffee, you'd have a cup and saucer that match. <laughs> and that'd be my room up there, where the little window is. Then it's all settled for Madonna. We'll try it. Papa, bend down. My cup runs over. And that's how I got to go to the school that I really like. No wonder. No wonder I love my papa more than anything else in the world. No wonder. Papa was away when Mama decided to move to the top floor of our tenement where it was cheaper. Papa... Well, Papa didn't say much when he came home. And then it was Christmas. Aunt Sissy and her new husband came to spend Christmas Eve with us. And then some of the neighbors, like Miss Maggie and Mrs. Gaddis and the Tinmore sisters, came in, too. And everybody sang Christmas carols and songs. And, and oh, it was so nice. What's the matter, Katie? I'm all right, Sissy. Why'd you stop singing? You want a glass of water? Just a little dizzy, that's all. Come on. Let's go into the bedroom. I want to talk to you. I tell you, I'm all right, Sissy. I get these spells. Look, kid, I'm nobody's foolish sister. I couldn't miss that bassinet when I hung my coat in your closet. I'm awful glad for you, Katie. I'm scared. You got no call to be. Look at how swell those other two kids of yours turned out. I know. Have you told Johnny? No. You ought to. Maybe it'd help him. Maybe it would. Maybe I will. I'm glad you came tonight. Forget it. You're a fine girl, Katie. I never said any different. And Johnny's one wonderful, nice guy. Don't let nobody ever tell you different. Silent night. Huh? Nothing to say, nothing to Just thanks. Thank you, thank you. Swell party, Katie. Had a swell time. Yeah. Swell fella, Sissy's new husband. Good match. Johnny. And those two kids of ours. Imagine them making me that watch bob out of Neely's shoelaces and giving you that rose water for your hands. Johnny, I've got to tell you something. The real reason why we moved up here where it's cheaper. We're going to have a baby. A baby? That's why I've been scrimping so. Well, I'm awful glad if you are, Katie... We'll manage. I can work a little longer. Then Francie will have to leave school. Francie leaves school? I don't like it any better than you do, Johnny. But why does it have to be Francie? Neely don't care about school like she does. That's why. If Neely quits, he'll never go back. Francie will fight to get back somehow. But there must be some other way. It's the only way. Oh, don't tell her yet. Maybe I can swing something. We can't count on that, Johnny. Well, don't look at me that way. It ain't my fault. Oh, it ain't anyone's fault, I guess. I don't know. Turn out the light, Johnny. I'm awful tired. I, I think I'll go for a little walk. Don't start drinking, Johnny. Not tonight. <laughs> 
I won't. Well, take your muffler. Pretty cold out. Then on the third night, Officer McShane came to the door, told us about Papa. Papa had been out looking for work to show Mama she could count on him. He got sick, really sick this time. The doctor said it was pneumonia. People I never even heard of, Carrianna, like they were his family. I don't know. He took the time to make folks love him, Katie. Francie. She scares me. She ain't cried once. Best leave her alone. She just looks at me. That's all. Sissy, help any? Your mama feels awful bad. Same as you. She needs you. She doesn't need me. She doesn't love me like Papa did, and she didn't love him either. Not really. She hurt him. She hurt him lots of times, but he never hurt anybody. Oh, baby, don't feel like that. Oh, leave me alone. Please go away and leave me alone. <laughs> Francie, 
Mama. Get Neely a nickel to go after Aunt Sissy. Get me a nightgown from the bottom floor. Oh, hurry. Mama. What time is it? Five minutes to four. Mama. Wouldn't you rather have Neely here, even if he is a boy? No, it's you I want. You're the comfort now. It's nice having a visit. Johnny's little girl. Oh, don't, Mama. I never wanted for you to quit school, but he wouldn't forgive me. He just walked out. You never forgave me either. Please, Mama. What time is it? Four minutes before, almost. Nini, stop school. He'd never go back. You will. You know that. Yes, Mama. Yes. All right. Read me something. Read me one of your compositions. I never read your compositions like your father did. I, I only remember one, and you won't like it, Mama. The man people love. Perhaps many people might have said that he was a failure. It is true that he had no gift for making money. But he had a gift for laughter. And for making people love him. He had the gift of making you feel proud to walk down the street with him. He had nothing to give but himself. But of this he gave generously, like a king. Yes, like a king. That's right. Just walking with him down the street, I always felt like that. Did you, Mama? Oh, Francie, I miss you so much. Oh, Mama. The baby's a boy. We'll call him Johnny. Oh, yes. Please let him be Johnny, Mama. And if it's a girl, we'll call him Molly. He always sang Molly Malone so sweet, so sad. And either way, it'll be him all over again. What in fancy. Either way. Thank you, Mama. Thank you. Either way. There is a tree in Brooklyn. It grows in boarded-up lots and out of neglected rubbish heaps. It survives without sun and water, and seemingly without earth. It grows in the midst of poverty, for it likes poor people. And like the people, it is unconquerable.
Thanks to Peggy Ann Garner and to James Dunn for a brilliant performance. The radio adaptation of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn was written by Milton Geiger. Music was supervised by Alfred Newman, and the entire production was under the direction of Robert L. Redd. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.